Hello and welcome to the Modern Times Magazine podcast, Political Profundity with John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hello, Karen. Hi there, John. Uh, we are in the midst of the Donald Trump impeachment trial. Um, Karen and I are going to talk about that today as our primary topic. Um, we're going to get into, uh, I think we've titled it, the beginning of the end of the impeachment trial of Donald John Trump. Um, and then um, we're going to kind of give a little recap of how we saw it over the first uh, three days. Um, and what's going to lay uh, in front of us, um, we're kind of doing this podcast kind of right in between um, uh, the two cases. Um, and we're going to just give a recap. And then we'll jump to um, whether there's still a possibility that Republicans might actually vote to convict or how many will might jump the ship um, and then we're going to uh, finally go on to America and beyond and talk a little bit about uh, the uh, what the impeachment means to the 2020 election um, the, about the uh, new water rules that were relaxed by the Trump administration uh, and then we're going to lastly talk just a slight bit about Jeff Bezos and his phone hack from the Saudi Arabian crown prince um, Karen mm-hmm. um, impeachment um, it's, it's here. Um, the trial has, has started, um, really the Democrats have dominated, um, the floor, um, and really in the arguments, we know that they have more evidence. Um, anything else you're seeing that's really sticking out? <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I think the first day just kind of reconfirmed what many of us thought was going to happen, that the GOP was not going to, uh, you know, go along with any of the Democrats' requests um, in terms of rules of procedure. So they didn't. Um, day two, when you know, the <clears throat> recap actually began and Democrats began, the House managers, I should say, uh, began proving their case, or, you know, or making their case, I should say, um, led by Representative Adam Schiff of California. Uh, basically, they laid out how those three days in July of last year happened in terms of Trump's Attempts to solicit foreign influ- election influence, i.e., asking Ukraine to just announce that it, they were going to investigate the Bidens. Um, and and Burisma. Yeah, you know, here we and are. Burisma, right? Pardon? Said we can't forget Burisma. Uh, they wanted to investigate. No, that that's too, right. right. This is you know well, because of. Or is of that the, code for the Bidens? That, right, um, Hunter Biden's. You know, being a member of that board and, you know, the the <clears throat> rumors about what Joe Biden may or may not have done in relation to that, which the other day, one of the House managers pretty much knocked down. Um, uh, you know, Schiff also, during the first, the second day, underscored why Democrats believe, or yeah, I'm sorry, it was actually the first day of the, the, the trial itself, believe that, you know, the Trump's conduct isn't something that really can be resolved at the ballot box because that's been sort of an argument for those who don't support impeachment, uh, no matter what political quorum they're from, just that, well, there's an election coming up in November. Um, you can vote him out then. Well, you know, the argument is, you know, if he's going to cheat in another election by attempting to get some sham investigation into Joe Biden, or son, you know, it may be too late for that. Um, Given especially what we've learned about how Trump won by next to nothing, and I mean literally nothing, the Electoral College about three three, uh, years and so many months ago. 
Yep. Uh, as one of the things Schiff said, for precisely this reason, the president's misconduct cannot be decided at the ballot box. Yeah. Well, we cannot be assured that the vote will be fairly won. Yeah. He and says it far more eloqu- eloquently than I right. ever could. And, and so. you know, it's kind of precisely what the arg- you know, kind of rebuts the argument that a lot of the, um, you know, because we can be clear here, and as you mentioned, the Democrats and, and the House managers, <clears throat> but really it's, it is on party lines, and there hasn't, uh, even through day one, all the procedural stuff that happened where they were trying to force and making amendments um, to the rulemaking in order to get um, uh, witnesses and uh, documents to automatically come in. Um, it was only the Republicans that were against it. Um, you know, so, you know, but they're at the point that, um, you know, it kind of rebuts the point that, um, you know, what Trump wanted to do and, and, and the timing. Um, you know, they were making the uh, assertion that, well, the Democrats were saying it is a emergency, um, so we need to do it now, and that's why they impeached, and that's why they sent it to us. Um, but they didn't want to go through the process. They didn't want to go through the courts. But, like, you know, to kind of just reinforce what you were saying, um, because it's going to impact the election, Neither the House nor the Senate should wait because obviously the impact on the election is going to be made. And if you did wait that six to eight months, we know six to eight months from now, the election's basically over at that point in time. And, and you, you know, where are you going to go? Are you really going to go into impeachment proceedings um, at that time, um, you know, right before the election, really in you know, September, October? And that's if the courts move in six to eight months, which it might take even longer than that. Um, you know, so I think that 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 argument and that idea just, you know, it just doesn't hold water. Right. You know, it's it, what's interesting, too, from that from that first day, um, you know, it, it, you heard a lot about how the senators, most of them Republicans, um, although there were some Democrats that their exhaustion was Pretty noticeable. <clears throat> Some were rubbing their eyes repeatedly because, again, these these arguments were going into the evening. I mean, sometimes the yeah, trial didn't break until 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or even midnight. Yeah, um, I think that first night was after, um, was after one. It was after one a.m. That first after, night, right? After one a.m. Thank you. Um, you've now since heard that some of them are getting up and leaving. Uh, specifically, more Republicans, although some Democrats have done that, and I would argue all of them should be sitting down unless they need a bathroom break or there's some real emergency. Their job is to listen to all the evidence. Uh, then you heard some of them reading books. One had a fidget spinner. Um, you know, to me, that kind of behavior just borders on disrespectful. And again, most of this was you know, not trying to be one-sided, but these were Republican senators doing this. Um, you know, you, you just wonder why they many would get up and leave John, you almost wonder maybe because maybe they don't really want to hear how bad this is, um, and they can somehow use that as an excuse when they vote if they vote to acquit him. I mean, it's it's just very strange. Um, I don't recall, and, and maybe sometimes there, and I'm sure there were breaks during the Clinton impeachment trial, but I don't recall a lot of senators just getting up and leaving then. Um, so it's at the end of the day, I just again, I I think this is bad form for any of them to be doing this. They need to sit there and listen to that evidence because, yeah. you know, we're talking about the person who's in the Oval Office. Right, right. Even though most don't really regard him as legitimate president, Trump holds that role. Mm-hmm. And convicting and removing him would be a pretty monumental decision, uh, one laid out in the Constitution. Um, 
so that you know that was interesting from from day two. Uh, not to go on too, too much about that. Um, and now we're going to day three, which of course culminated with the speech by Adam Schiff, which Schiff, which has gotten a lot of traction, um, won a lot of praise from even some more skeptical people at this uh, whole process. Um, you know, this is a clip that's you know gone viral where he says he closes it after making all the arguments about, you know, Trump's actions with Ukraine, with the ambassadors, uh, and with his attempts to obstruct justice and all of this. Um, and they also just laid out, just as another aside, the entire history of how all of this started, just for people who may not have been as aware of it. But he, you know, Schiff closed it by saying, if you find him guilty, then you must, you must find that he should be removed. Because right matters, because right matters, and the truth matters. Otherwise, we are lost. Mm. Um, pretty profound and, and, dare I even say, ominous statement of what's at stake here. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, if, if, it's shocking, I think, that there's so much, um, If when you look at it and you're if you're watching it and seeing the evidence that is there, that you have these these. These these folks that have worked in government, been in military capacities, or um, at, 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 or in the intelligence community, um, and it's pretty clear that everybody's saying that he tried to abuse his power in order to get dirt on his political opponent. Um, and you know, there really can't be any argument for that, except you're just saying, "Well, he's in my party," and that's the only thing that the Republicans have left to just stand on. Um, we know that, you know, what you were mentioning and these guys, you know, these senators need to stay there, um, how the the Senate and Mitch McConnell basically took over the TV. Um, so it's no longer C-SPAN. They can't show anything else. It's just showing the people talking at the time. And that's it. Uh, sometimes they show John Roberts and a pulled out view, but that's it. And they're deciding what mm -hmm. gets shown. Um, Fox is not showing these these uh, hearings in prime time. And it's not moving the electorate. I think the 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 House managers did a great have done a great job. Um, I you know, uh, Schiff has done great. Uh, Keem Jeffries has done great. Um, uh, the uh, representative from Colorado, uh, I think. Uh, gosh, I'm gonna get it. You know, uh, uh, of course I'm, I I can't grab his name right now. Um, and if you know it, please uh, yell it out, Karen. Um, but uh, you know, I think they've done a great job, but people just aren't listening. Um, and, you know, and so, you know, is there, you know, can Republicans be swayed really at this point? Are we seeing any light? Um, one, I guess, number one, my question to you is, are you, are you seeing any light for witnesses after this? And if yes, which ones? Um, and, and, and two, are you seeing any light at all there at, for actual removal at this point? I mean, regardless of the great job that, 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 I think we both think that the House managers have done and what that case really looks like. Has it made a dent in Republicans? I, you know, another issue here is there, you know, you have far more Republican senators up for re-election this year, including at least three or four who are really vulnerable. And we've already mentioned their names quite a few times over the, you know, the course of our podcast, Susan Collins, Cory Gardner, Martha McSally in the great state of Arizona, uh, Joni Ernst of Iowa. Her numbers are not where they should be. Tom Tillis of North Carolina, another senator, a lot of 
residents of that state, you know, aren't real fond of. Doesn't mean they won't go come back and vote for him, but nevertheless. Um, then there's some others who, you know, probably will get reelected easily, but, you know, the kind of ill will that they're fostering in their state by doing this, you know, may not be worth it in the long run. Um, but, you know, we all heard the story or saw it. CBS News reported that basically Trump's people are telling any of these senators, if you vote to convict or remove him, your head will end up on a pike. Now, you know, John, I'm trying to think of another person in the Oval Office who, yes, we've had some presidents who've used rough language, but I'm, I don't know if I remember one of the recent ones threatening anybody who voted against him to put their head on a pike. Um, this is, you know, they're, they're obviously threatened. And one of the main reasons too, is that they, they, they fear a primary challenger, not so much their heads being on a pike. Um, especially Collins and Gardner, McSally, uh, who, you know, the GOP could easily put somebody up against them to run and they might even win it because Trump's space will come out for them. So, you know, the argument, I, I wonder in the back of my mind, I'd love to ask some of these senators, you know, what do you have to lose? I, I, by doing the right thing here and holding Trump accountable, because even if you if you vote no, you're you're most likely going to lose your seat this year because you're already underwater with voters. And especially in blue states like Maine and Colorado, where Trump is not popular and in Arizona, where it seems like his popularity has faded somewhat. Um, it just seems like an extraordinarily unwise and cowardly move on their parts. Um, I you know, I just uh, we saw one one Republican vote during the procedural uh, matters for the with the Democrats. Of course, that was Collins. And of course, the only reason she probably did it is because she could say to her voters, oh, look, see, I was fair. I, you know, I voted with the Democrats on this. Um, OK, so again, though, I want to ask you, though, again, Karen, I want to ask you again. Is there any light? Do you you think evidence is going to be and and witnesses? At the moment, I would I'd have to if I'm being honest, I'd say no. I just think that there are too many of these people are ideologically in bed with Trump and the rest are just scared to death of his base coming out and taking them out of office anyway in the primary. So I would I would say no. Now, is there a chance that we might see one or two because they know they have cover? Um vote for conviction and removal, that's a possibility. Uh, and it, it could be that Susan Collins is actually worried enough. You know, And her approval rating, I checked it the other day, it's fallen to 37% in Maine. So, you know, or, or it's like, I'm sorry, it's like 40%. Cory Gardner's is 37%, excuse me. Um, so, you know, they might decide, maybe I want to keep my job in this body. And especially if Trump loses in November, I'll still be in office, he won't. And it won't matter by then. Um, I, I, you know, the odds are, I'd say, no, they're not going to vote to convict, but that doesn't mean that people should not, constituents should not be calling them out on it, should not be calling their offices and demanding that they have witnesses show up, that they hear all the evidence properly and can really, they can really back up how they vote. Um, you know, another thing about this whole thing is that the press is being sort of corralled. So a lot of these senators don't have to face them coming out. I mean, we we saw what Martha McSally did the other week, which, you know, more and more looks just staged. Um, And, you know, so they, you know, probably most of them, even if the ones who vote in, even the ones who are in deep red states who vote to 
acquit Trump, you know, you still got to wonder if they don't think in the back of their mind how this is going to look to some percentage of voters in those states. Um, but again, and you've got somebody who threatens them. Uh, so I, I don't, I just, I would say the odds are no, but I also think that there may be some dynamics coming here that are going to shock everyone. Um, so I, so I guess it just remains to be seen. Um, yeah. I think, I, but I want to say one more thing about this and I want to hurt back to the past with Bill Clinton's impeachment and then acquittal in the trial. And, and you can remember how Clinton behaved. I mean, he was a man clearly who, and, and by the way, it should be mentioned, no Democrats were out defending him. Everybody was furious with him and for good reason. Because number one, he should have behaved himself with Monica Lewinsky. Number two, he lied about it. But, you know, you saw a man who really was humbled and humiliated on the world stage, and he, he, he reflected that. His presidency was damaged for the rest of it. And, of course, we know who ultimately really paid the price was Al Gore. Um, you know, I, I thought even then, once Clinton got quitted, I thought there's no way now that the Democrats are going to win the White House. And I would just suggest to some Republicans, you better understand that this may set off a backlash. I mean, look, based on the polls – you know, 51%, according to most, which is a, just a tiny bit over the margin, you know, support his conviction and removal. And even more believe that he did do something wrong. And then even more than that, say the GOP needs to have a full trial, listen to all the evidence and have the witnesses. So as, as a general rule, most Americans are not on Bill, Donald Trump's side here. They may not all want him out, but, you know, nevertheless, these are bad numbers for him. So... I just, um, I, you know, and far more sharper analysts than me, like Rick Wilson, had a great Twitter feed. I won't go through it or a thread. To GOP senators say, basically, you let him off, get ready for the backlash. And this is a guy who is a still, you know, he's a Republican, more or less. But he's telling them, you do this and y'all can look forward to really being a minority party yeah, in the near and, future. Yeah, so, it, and, you know. These are people who are in the GOP camp who understand that electorate far, you know, far way better. And they're warning them, you really can't chicken out here. Yeah. And, it, I, you know, I think that is exquisitely on point. And, you know, you. when you do the right things, um, you usually get the right results, you know. And, and when you take... You know, a lot of people had said, well, why are you doing this anyway? Um, if you really believe that the president abused his power, which it seems like if you judge that you use the power of your office in order to do a petty political errand is abusing your power, which to me it is. Um, and it does ra rise to the level of impeachment, unlike um, trying to parse words uh, about a sexual encounter that you had with somebody you shouldn't have had. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's really where the line ended up being. Um, but when you do that and you decide that you're going to go against it, you know, it's going to a Senate that walks in lockstep that is not going to veer from the party because he's just a Republican president. So there you go. Um, you do it anyway. And the reasons you do that is because it's the right thing to do. Number one, um, that you can't just say, well, it wouldn't happen anyway, so I shouldn't do it. No, you control the house. So you should. Um, 
if you didn't control the House, then it wouldn't matter. As many people as were opposed to Trump could try to impeach as all, all they wanted, but they were never going to get there. Um, and then once you get to the Senate, now what it means in, I think, a political calculation is that it makes all these uh, Republican senators who were running for re-election have to face that electorate. And, and it's because you did the right thing, not because of that's your end goal. It's just what ends up happening when you do the right thing, you end up getting the right results down the line. And, and I agree with you that exactly. And it's why your, your comments were exquisite, because for that reason and, and others, um, what it's going to mean to the Senate race um, um, is, is just incalculable. Um, you know, Gardner's going to have to go on the record. I mean, there's going to be, it's very clear that it makes the pickups that the Democrats need in order to take control of the Senate, regardless if they take control of the White House or not. Um, they that that it's more likely they're going to be able to keep control of the House and maybe take back the Senate um, because of this. And it's because you just do the right thing. You put everybody on notice. You say what it is. I mean, 51 percent of the American people want his conviction and removal, not by accident. It's because 51 percent are listening. Um, unfortunately, you don't get 51 percent of the Republican senators to listen um, or even a quarter of them, um, which is really what you have when you have 51%. Um, you probably got, you, you definitely have Republicans, registered Republicans who are saying that he should be removed. That usually doesn't happen. So, you know, uh, you know, I guess I've kind of segued us into, you know, what it means to the 2020 election, um, not on purpose, but, um, you know, if we want to talk anything else about impeachment, but you know, this does really open the door to 2020 for the Democrats and also in the presidential race. Right. It's, you know, again, I I just think there are twists and turns along the road here on this that, you know, and it's, it's, I'm just saying, I mean, it's just, it's sort of a bad faith argument to say that there won't, you know, as it has been with Trump from the beginning, that there's never any consequences for his actions. Well, impeachment's a pretty big consequence. Oh, yeah. He's been on, you know, he's on trial and he may, you know, yes, I know chances are slim to them, but he technically could be voted out of office um, by the Senate. He could be removed and there's nothing he can't tweet about that. There's nothing he can do or say that's going to stop that. They voted to convict and remove him. He will physically be asked to leave the White House. Mike Pence would succeed him and, you know, we'd all go on from there. Um, and then Mike Pence would have to try to defend him if he were going to run for office on his own. Um but I, I get, this is just why, and I, I've said this before, people who claimed in the beginning Trump will never face any consequences whatsoever, yeah, well, he has. And you saw that he had, a, what, 100-something tweets yesterday, which I don't follow, but that clearly sounds like somebody, and just, we didn't really even mention the Davos convention, which, I, he made no impact there anyway. I think it was basically disaster for him. Um, but you could tell this was somebody who clearly was very bothered by what was happening in D.C. Uh, and, you know, had no meaningful contribution at Davos and then tweeted over 100 times yesterday. So, you know, clearly this is somebody who does not like that he's been impeached. And again, based on current polling, this has not been good for him. People are not sympathetic to him. Right, right. Again, it's, he's not Bill Clinton. Period. End of story. End of sentence. Yeah. And uh, um, so, so what do you what do you think we have waiting for us with the defense? Um, and 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 I want to ask that question also by saying, um, what kind of evidence? You know, you talk about there's no evidence um, and uh, to convict. This seems like there's a lot of evidence to convict. 
what is the exculpatory evidence in order um, to 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 let anyone know that there's reasons? Is it just the president can do whatever he wants because he's the president? He was creating foreign policy on the fly, and that's within his right. He can do whatever he feels like. Obviously, there's a, a legal matter, although it's not a uh, you know anything anybody can do any time for. But that's violating um, the fact that they, uh, they didn't spend the funds when they needed when they were supposed to after they had been approved. Um, but what you know, what do you think the the defenders of the president, Seculo and Cipollone and Dershowitz, uh, Star at all? What are they going to do? Uh, you know, starting Saturday, I don't even know how they can fill three days. I just, I can't even guess because so far their defense of him has been mostly attacks on the Democrats, unless I'm wrong. They have not really been able to prove so far that, you know, Trump didn't do what he was impeached for. Um, Yeah, I mean, you almost have to just excuse it, right? Right. And it's, I mean, when you consider just who Trump has defending him to begin with, uh, you know, Jay Sekulow, who's known as a very partisan attorney with a, a radio, a talk radio or a TV show or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Pat Cipollone, who's kind of known as, you know, uh, portrayed as a very right wing Catholic. Uh, he may be a good lawyer. And then you have Alan Dershowitz. We don't even need to say anything more about him. And you have Ken Starr. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these are people, you know, all of, especially with the star and Cipollone. I know Pam Bondi is part of the team and I yet to hear her speak. So she hasn't particularly presented herself very well over the past few years in defense of Trump either. But, you know, when you were just mentioning all those names, I thought you were going to be introducing Fox and Friends. I hate to. <laughs> well, it, it, again, with Dershowitz or with Star, this is a man who resigned from Baylor in disgrace because of a uh, sexual assault scandal. Uh, Alan, you know, Alan Dershowitz, he and Jeffrey Epstein, you know, knew each other. And there are still weird allegations about what Dershowitz was even doing with Epstein. Uh, these are two people who are extraordinarily tainted. Now, most and most Americans know who they are. They don't know who Cipollone and, and Jay Sekulow are. Uh, and maybe a few more know who Pam Bondi is. Um, but this just uh, from the beginning, even very neutral Legal and political analysts said this is just a really mediocre bunch to be trying to save Donald Trump from removal. Uh, and, you know, you just, I have really not heard them make, honestly, any truly cogent, vital defense of Trump's actions. So it's, you know, we'll see what they have to say. Tomorrow, yeah, and I, I, you know, unless they drop some great bombshell, I'm really interested to see whether it ends up being um, that they dig the hole deeper, and that you know they get out of the House manager's case, and the House, and 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 you have to be expecting a defense, don't you, at this point? And what happens right. when you get nothing? Because that's what you've got. I mean, I don't even know how they can talk for half a day. I mean, is is right. is, is Saturday it for them? And then they just go to Monday. I mean, I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I again, we'll see. I mean, they keep the funny thing is back to the Bidens. Oh. Republicans keep accusing Democrats of not wanting them to 
be at this trial. The Republicans could subpoena them and have them come here and testify anytime they wanted to. I mean, they're the majority in the Senate. They certainly could do that. They could have even put that. Well, I don't know if they could, but they could have maybe made it in when they voted on the rules and procedures to demand that the vice president and, and his son show up. But I agree with you. How do you justify that at all? That's why you don't have the 53 votes that you think might be so easy to get. Yeah, I, I, it just seems to me the reason why, I, even though I, I think when you look at the polls for the Democratic presidential candidates, it would be fair to argue that maybe some of this with Ukraine has damaged Biden. That's why Bernie Sanders has taken the lead. Um Although it may not be, that may only be one of the reasons. Or, but at the end of the day, it just it seems to me if the Republicans really honestly believed that this would be enough, having Biden and his son testify to to totally vindicate Trump, they would have done it, and they haven't. Um, and in fairness, I suppose Biden, if he's asked to say, "Yeah, I'll be happy to testify." Because I can prove that, you know, I can prove I've done nothing wrong. I can prove my son did nothing wrong. Um, so I, I, maybe the Republicans are working on that right now. We, we just don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I heard an argument um, being made um, with that saying that, you know, if Biden accepted that and, and made it be public on TV, he could win the presidency um, that day if he, if, he had, if he had the right performance. And you can't disagree with that, but it's a hell of a gamble. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, every every time something like this of this magnitude happens, it's a hell of a gamble. Um, and you're dealing with somebody who is so unpredictable and who clearly just does not behave like a normal, rational adult, you know, and that's Donald Trump. <laughs> so it, it's, it makes it harder. I mean, Bill Clinton went during his trial, you know, you know, there are a few times where he seemed to have lost his composure, but more or less he compartmentalized, he kept it together. And, you know, did the nation's business properly. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, you know, even there, there was never going to be 67 votes. But to this day, honestly, I'm shocked more Democrats, for example, and not every single Republican, because there were a few Republicans who did not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm shocked more didn't vote, didn't vote to convict Bill Clinton. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just I, I, I just tend to be a little bit cynical of people who just claim they think, you know, they know how this is all going to end. Right. Truthfully, none of us does. Right. Um, and I, you know, I just said, do I think the odds are, are low that he gets convicted and removed? But sure. again, yeah. there's, there can be that wild card. There can be that thing that nobody saw coming that changes the entire dynamic. Yeah. So, and documents and, and, uh, witnesses might do so, especially if they're new witnesses. Um, so, um, Talking about what uh, impeachment means to 2020 or just talking about 2020 elections generally, as we mentioned, um, a lot of these senators are going to be more vulnerable because they're most likely to vote against witnesses or conviction. Um, mm -hmm. And there's also some, some, some changes that have been going on in the presidential race. You kind of alluded to that. Sanders catching up to Biden, um, Bloomberg rising. Um you know, here we are, uh, you know, a month to two months, it's going to be a hell of a lot clearer. We're finally going to get some votes uh, and see some results. Um, you know, Biden's still looking strong in South Carolina and for Super Tuesday at this point. Um, 
you know, Iowa and New Hampshire are, are up for grabs. We never really know, especially with the dynamics and Iowa being what, what it is. A caucus is really a, a different animal altogether. Um, but it does look like, you know, the, it's going to start heating up real soon and that there's movement and, you know, the political energy is changing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, if you're, you're referring to the presidential race or just the, the entire congressional race, I, I, I just don't – this has not been a winning issue really for Republicans. It might be with Trump's base, but that's about it. Um, and, I, you know, we've, we've yet to have the Iowa caucus, so we don't know how that's all going to shake out. Um, but it's – you know – I, I definitely, I think impeachment is is a factor. Now, Democratic during the debates, a lot of the Democrats have not been asked much about it. Although, interestingly enough, for whatever this is worth, Elizabeth Warren has said if she is elected president, she is going to have a a committee look into all of Trump's alleged crimes and to adjudicate them and resolve them. Um, that's the first candidate who's made that kind of promise. I'm going to hold this guy accountable. Um, you know, he, he, you know, especially if he ends up. Slight, you know, skating through on this. Um, I, you know, I just I tend to be always very cautious about making any. I'm nearly asking predictions about what's going to happen with these primaries because, you know, whoever looks like the front runner in the beginning probably isn't. Uh, and even if they do end up becoming the front runner and winning the, the nomination, more often than not, there were a lot more bumps along the way and a lot of surprises that. You know, no one could have seen coming earlier, obviously. That's why they're called surprises, right? So I, I think, you know, I think especially if Trump is acquitted, I think, you know, that's going to resonate with voters. Uh, with his base, it'll just be, you know, more vindication. But with people who are unhappy with Trump and who feel that clearly he's broken the law, it's going to be a greater, you know, resolve to get out and vote this November. Um, you know, meanwhile in America, like we've talked about, um there was uh, the relaxing of water rules. Um, so now, um, who knows, uh, it's the protected waterways um, uh, designation, um, you know, having covered construction for quite a while there. Um, uh, we know that uh, how important um, it, it ends up being and how it can slow things down and how the clearances you need. Um, and those are all being taken away really for farmers and developers um, who is, is really those who, who are applauding this. Um, and, you know, uh, especially here in the Southwest, um, what that could mean to, you know, our really threatened water resources. Um, you know, obviously we're based here in Phoenix. Um, the, the San Pedro is one that, that immediately comes to mind for most people because of how threatened it is. Um, but, you know, more, more of an instance of, of, of trying to, um, you know, for Trump, whether this is more, you know, red meat for, for those who, who he needs to keep support of, um, you know, it does seem like a kind of an odd time to, to just kind of make this rule that really, you know, a lot of people say, you know, can, you know, puts our, our drinking water in jeopardy. Um, you know, again, the American Farm Bureau is, you know, really supportive of it. Um, you know, maybe it's also, you know, a little payback for the you know, China tariffs to the farmers. Um, you know, but it seems like a political game and it doesn't do any good for, um, you know, most Americans who really, you know, those those rules and regulations that some, you know, corporations and large farmers had to take care of, 
um, were better for most Americans than 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 having to drink uh, uh, contaminated water or not to have access to it because they were blocked up in some way or or developed over. So you know, uh, one of those issues that I think during impeachment, it's it's real important that it doesn't get lost. And you know, so I guess my question to you is also: Is it as political, or is it um, if it was done at any other time, maybe there'd be an uproar? I, I think if right now with the impeach the entire constitutional crisis, I, Americans just are not as focused on this. Um, but if this somehow goes through and you can have more pollution of water, um, they're going to start caring a lot more. I mean, just look what happened at Flint, Michigan, and you've had other cities, uh, large and small, that have been affected by, uh, you know, lead in water and other crises. So, I, I again, it just, I don't know. It's funny, when you look at Trump's rallies, for example, you know, usually with these people, it's build the wall or lock her up or um, keep America great. I mean, that seems to be about the three phrases they know or they utter at these rallies. I don't see a lot of people saying, holding signs, let's dirty our water. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I just... I'm not even sure a lot of Trump's fan club would be okay with this. Um, I, and I, it, what, what I find interesting is what the APA director, the administrator, Andrew Wheeler, said that, you know, it had a gathering of home builders in Vegas. Um, EPA and the Army are provided much-needed regulatory certainty and predictability for American farmers, landowners, and businesses to support the economy and accelerate critical infrastructure projects. Well, last time I checked, John, the economy is doing pretty well, and there are a lot of infrastructure projects going on. Um, so that just doesn't seem like there's any emergency reason to do this. And yeah. certainly, you know, and, and Wheeler doesn't mention one thing about we care about having good, clean water for humans and animal life, which, by the way, last time I checked, too, that benef- having clean water benefits farmers. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, you know, that's why the Keystone Pipeline was actually pretty strongly opposed by some very red states, precisely because of fears of what it might do to some major aquifers, which farmers need. Um, So it just, I... Yeah, and to make it, you know, as we had talked about, you know, knowing, you know, having covered construction for as long as I had, um, and knowing that uh, in a lot of projects they had to deal with this, the project still went along. They just needed to, um, you know, there was never anything that was held up um, really because of these situations. If you wanted to develop um, in an area that was considered part of the waterways of the U.S., then you had to make sure that it was continuing because sometimes you don't know it, especially here in the Southwest. Um, there, there was a freeway being built. Well, it cut through a a wash that was part of that area. So they just had to make sure that there wasn't runoff that went into it. They had to do some other things. Um, it, it, it seems counterproductive that we can't just do that. I mean, you're, you, this is a nearly $1 billion freeway and the work that they had to put into that was maybe 1% of the job or less. Um, and, and for what it does long term, you can't argue with it. It's just a greater way for them to cut costs and, 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 you know, just kind of pocket it. I mean, really, um, what it comes down to, then you can, you still have to do an environmental assessment. You're still going to have to do all these other things anyway. It's really a teeny, teeny part of what they did. And for what it does for the greater good, you can't argue with it, except for the fact that, you know, it's maybe another rule that is specific for Trump to do 
development and for his company to to do development in the future. Um, you know, and besides throwing a bone to farmers, and it's just another example of the power play. Or as Schiff also said, he just looks out what's good for Donald Trump. Right, and, and also I suspected it is just to keep some of the major business interests. Oh sure, Two you know, and farmers happy stone, to but you know make sure they show up for him in November. But uh, I, you know, I don't think, as usual, they didn't. They haven't thought this through, or what the repercussions of this might be. Yeah, and and so, and, 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 and of course, um, litigation is going on. It's not going to go into effect um, uh, anyway. And all these projects are so long term. Whatever they're doing, it's not going to be a big deal. Um, you know, ultimately, it's just you know because they've already declared litigation. Those that will fight this have deep enough pockets to carry it all the way through to the Supreme Court if they have to. So it's not like um, a small development in some t- you know town. This is this is big politics here, and um, as long as uh, there's not a President Trump in February, it most likely will never ever happen. Um, and that's the good part of it. But uh, the bad part of it is, um, as you said, we all don't know really what the future holds. So I guess we got to wait to see. Um, I'm going to throw off the la- our last topic here to you, and I, I definitely have some comments on it, but. Uh, we'll let you give the recap here on Jeff Bezos and his uh, iPhone. Yeah, um, it, it's it's just uh, again another story that you just think it, it, life just can't get any more bizarre or weirder in the world. Never mind this country. But we've since you know several major news agencies broke over the last day or so that Jeff Bezos, the man who started Amazon and is the richest man on earth. Um, that his mobile phone was hacked in 2018 after receiving a WhatsApp message apparently sent from the personal account of the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, otherwise known as Mohammed bin Salman. Um, it, the file, the, the encrypted message included a malicious file that, you know, infiltrated this guy's phone. Um, and of course we know not too long after you know, Bezos announced he was divorcing his wife, and then photos were leaked of he and and the woman he's now with that he, he was having an affair uh, on his wife. Um, so uh, this just again, you know, there, and the end, never mind that the story about that the Enquirer, the the publication very favorable to Trump, had played in all of this. Um, but it just it simply reinforces the belief among many that, you know, the Saudi government, I, I mean, I, you know, for more or less are just very bad actors. And, you know, there's you know, this is still a, a, a government that many believe murdered Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post journalist. Um, and, of course, did not. Now they've arrested some people and put them on trial and are probably going to execute them. But we'll never really know, uh, you know, how guilty they may have been and, and who really organize this. Um, so it, it's, it's just, again, it, and it goes also to show that, that even though he's the richest man on earth, he's incredibly powerful. He owns the Washington post. Um, that even Jeff Bezos is not immune from this stuff. And it's, you know, it's, it's just disturbing beyond belief. Um, and I, I think, you know, again, I hate to bring it up, but you've got to wonder to some degree what the Trump administration may have known about this. 
And given Trump's animosity towards the Washington Post, remember right. he tried to get the postal postmaster general to raise postal rates so Amazon would be hurt. Right. Um, which I, you know, I don't recall George W. Bush or Ronald Reagan or anyone like. I mean, and I know you know Reagan's record was far from perfect, but I you know I don't recall them doing something like that. Um, that openly and brazenly, and so. I, I, you know, in time, we're probably going to learn a lot more about this. Uh, the Guardian has a great article on it. CNN has reported on it. Um, but it's it's just it, back to Khashoggi. This just also will lead to sort of renewed scrutiny about what Mohammed bin Salman and his inner circle were doing in the months prior to when Khashoggi was killed. Um, because Khashoggi, I already mentioned it. He was a columnist for the Washington Post. Um, so... I, I, I this is just one of these these articles you read and and you have to pick your jaw off off off, off for. Uh, what are your thoughts on yeah, it? I mean, you know, I'm I mean, just I shocked. Beyond, that, I'm shocked. But. Yeah. Oh, me too. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind that came to my mind was, is this a claim? And I guess the answer was given. Um, the UN, I guess, independently verified the information that was given to them by Bezos and his his group of security folks. Um, and then my second question was, why would Ben Salman be playing such silly games? Like, you know, why would he allow anything that would be able to be traced back to him um, to do it? You know, and probably it was because, you know, Bezos had certain levels of security where if it came from the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and he put him in as this is the guy I met and Bezos just says, well, I assume he's never going to try to hack me. If he sends me something, I can click on it. Um, mm -hmm. It's the only thing I can think of. It just, just doesn't seem to make any sense because it's able to be tracked. I mean, you're not, you're not sending it to, you know, the guy down the street, you're sending it to Jeff Bezos. Who's one, the richest man in the world Two. The company is a technology company. It's not like they they don't know anybody to call. So he it, it's not just that he has money. He knows where to spend it in order for people to figure out what went on. And it just makes it's it's just it's it's mind boggling to me that that he would be that cavalier, I guess, or or that incompetent, um, really. To I mean, because obviously he didn't do it himself. I don't think Mohammed bin Salman's in a basement doing it, but they probably needed to use mm -hmm. his access or his number, and that's how they trace it back to him. I mean, it, it, and and I think that that's ultimately what it is. Is you know he said, "Where I got Bezos's number," and they probably tried to send him things from other places, and it never went through because it never went through his security system, whatever that might be, because um, I'm sure it's more enhanced than what I have on my phone. Um, but it, it just seems odd. It seems like. Um, that republic, that that republic, geez, it's not a republic. That kingdom there in Saudi Arabia is, you know, off the rails. Uh, you know, I'd made the argument a long time ago that, you know, blame Saudi Arabia for Al Qaeda, um, blame it for being such a a shutdown, non democratic republic country. Um, you don't have any dissidents, um, and you basically make it that the all these folks got to go somewhere else, um. Eventually, democracy and, and uh, Republican values are the only thing that's going to save the Middle East if they ever can get there. Um, and 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 Saudi Arabia does nothing but but perpetuate this king myth that that exists in, in the Middle East, and that's why it doesn't join the the rest of the leagues of nations um, 
because they have tyrants and dictators and kings. And, and, and until that changes, we're going to, you know, never going to get the right behavior or the right result that we need, uh, in this world, because, you know, it's, it's as much as it's those Kings that think they rule that land, it's, it's all of ours as, as, as humans on this earth. So, um, they can't keep doing this. Uh, you know, we know what happened with Khashoggi is bad enough. Um, you know, I mean, you, you killed somebody, um, that's it. Yeah, That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. I it again, I I think unfortunately we've seen the rise of these kinds of leaders, not just in our country, but in Brazil, in the Philippines, and in, in Saudi Arabia. People who think they can do whatever they want, in including things you know, even possibly murdering somebody and get away with it. Uh I this is just um you know the two thousand. You know this the, this new uh, decade that started. I we can only hope that that means that enough people decide they don't want these kind of people leading our, you know, leading major countries anymore, including this one. That's well, all I've got to say on it. Yep. Yeah, well, Karen, another great podcast, another great nearly uh, forty-five minutes an hour with you, um, and I have to always thank you for your time, for your insights, um, and just being Karen. So thank you, Karen Wild. Well, thank you, John Gazan. You're pretty cool yourself. <laughs> and I really appreciate, uh, always appreciate this opportunity and, and appreciate all you folks out there listening. Um, I'm sure Karen and I will be chomping at the bit um, to do a podcast next week. We might have a special one a little earlier in the week, depending on scheduling um, in Washington and scheduling with Karen and I. Um, but uh, next week, um, uh, we probably see some movement and know whether witnesses are here and, and what's going on with the impeachment trial. We'll try to be coming back as fast as we can with some comment on it. Or regardless, you'll hear from us next week. But thank everybody for listening, and we'll talk at you next time. Thank you, Karen. All right. Cheers, John. Bye-bye, everyone.